0: Hello, y'all. Welcome to Jackalope Tales, Urban Legends and Music, where we uncover, is it real or is it a Jackalope tale? I'm your host, Charles Mooney.
1: And I'm Lisa Umbarger. And also with us today are our production crew, Jenny. Hello. Jeannie. Hi. Natalie. (laughs) Hello. And on the board, a guy who is like a box of chocolates, Sam.
0: I am like a box of chocolates. (laughs) Without the nuts.
1: No nuts? (laughs) (laughs) No nuts. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Milk no chocolate, no sea salt. Okay. Oh, All right. Plain old wow. chocolate. Hershey. Damn. Okay. Just straight up stuff. Yep. Ah. So today we're also going to talk about straight up stuff. We're going to talk about romance that happens between musicians.
0: Yeah. We just had Valentine's recently. Right. And what better thing for the show to focus on than the negative aspect of love?
1: Right. <laughs> so it's let's like not a belated, yeah. beheaded yeah.
0: valentine. People would tune out if it's about love and relationships and how nice they are in the music world.
1: Right. We're going to talk about the down-in-the-dirt, dirty relationships. We're going to talk about Edie Brickell and Todd Lewis. And then
0: I've got old Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears.
1: Ooh, that one's hot right oh, now. Oh, yeah.
0: So we're calling this one My Bloody Valentine. Right. Ah. Although...
1: Probably no blood was shed for real. Not yet. Just like <laughs> tongues, right? Forked tongues.
0: They just cried blood. Right. Yeah. But I know in uh, thinking about the episode, we were talking about love songs yeah. that we kind of like. And you know what? It It was hard as hell for me to figure out a love song I like because... First of all, in writing songs, I, I just can't write a straight up love song because all of a sudden I'm thinking this is going to be cheesy as hell. It's
1: Cheesy or complicated.
0: Yeah. And I'm embarrassed. So it needs to be the negative aspect. So much better to write about. Right. Well, but I did think of a couple songs. What do you got? What's your first? Because I told you I've got two songs. One's a runner up and one's the number one. The runner-up is Love Song by The Damned. Yeah. and I thought you were going to say The Cure, but okay, The Damned, yes. Oh, yeah, no, because that one, very angsty, I mean, hard-driven, but it's actually a love song. Right. Then it was like my number one, and it had to be Heroes by David Bowie. Yeah. Because that one, supposedly he wrote it about a... East Berlin person, West Berlin person right? that fall in love at the wall. I loved the song before knowing the lyrics. And then the lyrics, it's like, oh, my God, this is a love song. Yeah, it's really beautiful. So
1: that was, th- those are the two I thought of. And yeah. Now, what did you come up with? While you were talking, I... Uh, remembered a song that I really freaking love, and that's uh, Peter Gabriel, In Your Eyes. Oh,
0: That song is great. It's beautiful, isn't it? Right. Yeah.
1: And um, so the song that I picked is my number one song is Jeff Buckley. Oh. Everybody Here Wants You. Oh. It's really pretty. Wow. It's beautiful. I love that song. Yeah. um, Good choice. Probably just an easy follow-up to that one. I love the jam. I love Paul Weller. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. He does a Sister Sledge cover called Thinking of You. Really? It's him with an acoustic guitar. It starts off and then it's got these swirly orchestral parts to it that are just beautiful. Was it him during his solo stuff? It must have yes. been Yes, Yeah, during his okay. solo stuff. No, Yeah.
0: Wow. And
1: uh, that song is
0: beautiful. See? But for me, it was a challenge to think of some. Cause I loved angst and hate. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I like darkness in my life. But yeah, so uh, it was really cool to think that through. It's uh, definitely a challenge to write a love song without it being. Ugh.
1: I think so too, because I would tend to go into the cheesy part. Yeah, because yeah. I have attempted. And oh, I know the, really? the Toadies had a couple of actual full-on love songs. It was really hard for us. I don't know if you remember when we were trying to do something that wasn't quite so dark. Yeah. And it always <laughs> went over to the shadows. <laughs> I know. It's just the
0: best thing to write about. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But It's easy. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. you don't have to worry about being cheesy or oh, doing, God. you know, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Talk about your feelings. You uh, don't have to talk about feelings. Oh no, I don't like talking about that. <laughs> talk, talk that I want to be a closed book. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> All right, so the first one we're talking about is Todd and Edie.
1: This is Todd and Edie. This uh, started in 1996. Okay. This is actually where the story broke, uh-huh. and uh, we were on tour, and I received an early morning phone call. From our very sweet publicist at Interscope, <laughs> Jenny Boddy. Okay. And she is beloved in the music industry. She's worked with everybody from Nirvana to the freaking Toadies. My God,
0: she gets along with everyone. With
1: everybody. Wow. And we were kind of her uh, unwinding. We, we drove her nuts. <laughs> we drove her nuts. <laughs> yeah. And uh, on this day... She was calling early in the morning and she wanted to verify a story that we, the toadies, had shared endlessly. They would take us out to dinner and we would sit around the table and just spew all of the diarrhea stories we can think of, <laughs> stupid stories, yeah. and see which ones landed. And this is one that landed.
0: Ah. Um,
1: and this is the story uh, that Todd was married to Edie Brickell. Wow. They were like Dallas royalty, then Edie became famous with uh, the New Bohemians.
0: Oh, yeah, because I remember us trying to even just get one gig in Dallas, and here's the Edie and the New Bohemians being on MTV. Right, they're
1: totally breaking. Everywhere.
0: They were Club Clearview, Club Dada, all that Yeah, kind of club What I stuff. Am was huge. Oh, my God, it was massive. Right.
1: So all of those Dallas clubs, they were... I mean, Edie Brickell or any of the new Bohemians could walk into, they oh. could walk into Dada oh, and yeah. walk up on stage and play. And we couldn't even get a
0: gig anywhere right. in Dallas. Right. But
1: yeah. So in the 80s and 90s, the biggest area where that broke bands in Dallas, or actually in the whole Texas. I'd say
0: Texas, yeah.
1: Was an area called Deep Ellum. And it was basically three streets with... A ton of clubs. Oh, all up and down, all
0: different kinds of venues. You could have your heavy down the street like theater gallery or you could have your pop and soft at Club Dada.
1: Right. So it had all different kinds of music and you could walk down the street and you hear music pouring out of the doors Of the clubs, and it's all different music and live entertainment nonstop. It was a beautiful time to be alive where you could go see music. And at the time, there were a ton of bands that were breaking in Dallas.
0: Mm -hmm. And the New
1: Bohemians was the biggest one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we couldn't even get a gig in Deep Ellum when we first started.
1: Yeah. You had to be somebody to even get a gig in the tiniest of clubs in Deep Ellum.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You had to either be a touring act or or be someone on the level of the New Bohemians. Right. And there were a ton of those bands that were just killing it back then and and really great bands. Mm Mm-hmm. New Bohemians was just one of many really amazing bands.
0: Oh, and the Buck Pets got huge. the The Buck Pets were the ones that gave our first chance at trees. Yep. To open for them. So that was kind of our foot in the door.
1: Right. So, you know, our hat's off to those folks now. Oh, yeah. But as little punk rock kids from Fort Worth, we kind of took pot (laughs) shots at them a little bit. And we would make up stories about those bands. Todd on his amp had painted I Ate Edie." Oh, I remember Do you remember that?
0: that? Oh, it was great. And it caused
1: a lot of flack for us as a band. Well, and
0: we also had the song I Hope You Die. Yes, which we recorded with the chorus at the end or the the outro, which was D I E E D I E. Yeah, die Shit, I can't so, even spell right now. So, so thank this you. plays
1: into my story. So when oh, no. so when Jenny Body called me, she's like, "I just need you to verify if this story you guys are telling is <laughs>
0: true." And she wasn't aware that y'all had been kind of.
1: Uh given free reign to make up shit. Oh, she was, but she would just she's like, just between you and me, I just want to know if it's true. Oh, okay. So the story that we would tell is that Todd and Edie were married, <laughs> and when the new <laughs> Bohemians got signed, she dumped him for Paul Simon. <laughs> ah Which the timeline is totally off. Anyone who wanted to verify this stupid story could totally verify because she didn't marry Paul Simon, even meet him for a long time. No, it was later. a long time after. Right. And um, she's like, you know, please, you know, is this true? There's a national publication this is going to be in. They're going to do um, a Valentine's Day cover story. Oh, God. And I just want to know if this is true. And I was like, oh, yeah, totally true. And, uh, you know, and be sure to mention that song of ours, I Hope You Die, where Todd wrote it about Edie because he was so bitter about the whole thing. Oh, God. And uh, she was like, okay, got it. Got it. Um, Wow. So the publication (laughs) was Entertainment Magazine, and uh, it wasn't even a music publication. She's like, I know you tell a bunch of crazy stories. If you tell me it's true and you you." promise
0: oh god I Promise. i was like
1: oh yeah i promise. <laughs> I so freaking prom- so much promise and yes <laughs> so much promises you're not about to yeah take back that story right uh. and um i confirmed it with her said it was all good and gave her some more details because she wanted to know about when and pulled dates out of my butt and i was like mm. oh yeah and, <laughs> and it made up a bunch of stuff and i forgot about it yeah. and i had forgotten that i talk to her because it was early in the morning. I probably went back to sleep. (laughs) That's why you were so agreeable. Right. And this is back in the olden days where we didn't have cell phones and stuff. So when we were on tour, the record company would send packages to the hotels because they knew what hotels were staying in. Oh, yeah. And they would send press packs and, and you'd open up this little package and it would have all the articles and reviews and oh. all that kind of stuff. So you would look at your chart standings and all that crap and read the reviews. On this particular day, when we opened it up, it had a copy of Entertainment Magazine in it. Holy crap. And on the cover, no, was Todd's sorted relationship with edie <laughs> oh my god it was, <laughs> it was like was a on headline the, on the cover It was on the freaking cover oh my and, god and um and so i wasn't the first one to see the package usually it's our tour manager who opened up and he, yeah. he had opened it up and put it out on the kitchen table in our tour bus for us to look at yeah and when i got on the bus everyone was circled around it reading oh
0: and i was like, I bet it was getting attention oh.
1: right and they were like <laughs> They were going, What the hell? What is oh my god, how did this story make it? you know, we always tell that stupid story, and you're standing back there going, Oops, and uh. uh, yeah, so and, and it was like really focused on Todd's broken heart. Oh, and god. I was like, Oh, fuck. this is so great. Ah. And I came in, I was like, I confirmed that story with Gina, with Ginny, oh, and when Ginny called. I told her that this was true, and they're like, oh my God, that's great. Yeah. And we're all like happy. Oh, yeah. And uh, the next time we saw her, we broke it to her that that was not a true story. <laughs> and she was like, I just saw her visibly list sink. Oh, no. And um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to tell her it was a jackalope tale. And evidently, Jenny had called all the other band members. Uh, that morning, but none of them answered the phone. I was the only one who answered the phone. <laughs> oh, the only responsible one. And I was thinking that she would call Todd, and Todd would go, "No, it's a joke." Yeah. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> but that God. did not happen. It made the cover. I th- I think that it r- it kind of hurt. Ginny's career a little bit. No, So I feel Uh bad about that because she's supposed to make sure everything is, you know, all the T's are crossed and I's dotted and all that kind of stuff. Oh, shit. So I don't know what Edie had to say about it or her people, but I think they probably did say something because I did have a conversation with Edie many years later. Oh, my God. And by the way, she is... One of the nicest people I've ever met. Just not just nicest person in show business. Yeah. But one of the nicest people, humans. And um, she asked me about that. Well, I guess when it's on the cover of a magazine, it's it's going to get back to her. Kind of hard not to see. (laughs) And I'm guessing that maybe they contacted her publicist and wanted a confirmation (laughs) and maybe they didn't answer or something. I don't know. But um, she asked me about that and about the I ate Edie and the I hope you die song and all that stuff. She knew about all that. And she was like, so, you know, and I was like, man, I'm sorry. And I had to fess up that I was an a-hole to eat it. Oh, I felt like such a turd. Oh God. So You're I the just, one having to face her. Yeah, I know. It was horrible. So I was like, I am so sorry. I could give you a, a horrible explanation and it wouldn't uh, it doesn't matter, except that were a holes, yeah, and she totally forgave me. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, is, I mean, we were young when uh, all that happened. It's so not an excuse because <laughs> some people are young and not a holes. But she's such a good human.
0: Oh, she totally forgave me oh. uh, for that
1: stupid jackalope tale. However, I don't think Jenny Body has forgiven me. <laughs> so you've uh, never
0: gotten a call since to verify anything. No,
1: yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should take a moment publicly here to apologize to Jenny Body. Oh wow! Um, and okay. to let her know that that time I saw Tupac after he was shot, yeah. that it that really happened. It's true. He's alive. <laughs> if she wants to write about it or do anything about it because. <laughs> <laughs> so Jenny Body was the publicist for all of Interscope, so she was handling oh, Tupac God. and the pissant toadies. Oh. And you
0: think Bush and you know, and she's probably thinking, I got all these major, major acts, Tupac, and all this stuff, and it's the fucking toadies that yeah. are taking all my time. Right? These
1: <laughs> these guys are a holes, and I'm I'm just trying to handle Tupac and Dre and Suge Knight running <laughs> over people's heads with a car
0: <laughs> I don't
1: know. Yours may have been the easier one to deal with then. Yeah, maybe just a-holes and not gangsters. Yeah, Just a bunch of idiot kids. <laughs> oh, and Limp Biscuit. She had to deal with Limp oh, Biscuit. That God. might have been hard.
0: Oh. Damn. <laughs> that would be a bad one. So,
1: uh Ginny Body, I am so, so sorry. Aw. That was very nice. A public apology. But it was hilarious. <laughs> it was on a magazine.
0: <laughs> I mean, that just is the apex of success. Of a, of a great jackalope, jackalope tale, right? When it makes the
1: headlines, and some people still believe it. Like who reads Entertainment Magazine, though? Probably someone's grandma. Oh, <laughs> believes that that's true. That <laughs> that youngster. Uh, todd lewis is married to edie brickell she he was she broke his heart uh
0: i'd love to find an old issue like in the half price books or a dentist's office i have Where? one for the longest time Did i know would that be great oh, Yeah. oh man that's nostalgia right there yep and we'll have edie brickell sign it oh my god and todd and todd yeah
1: <laughs> That's good. So I fessed up to a jackalope tail right off.
0: Yeah. You took it to a whole nother level, and then you had to confess.
1: Then we... Yeah. Oh, well. Don't get caught on your jackalope tail. But hey, any kind of
0: news is good Is, <laughs> uh, is good for a band. Now, uh, the one I'm talking about is old Justin and Brittany. This one is so juicy. <sighs> I knew kind of some of it, but... When I started getting into the details, mm-hmm. it's like, holy shit, this one's getting really interesting. Now, what's insane, though, is it's been like two decades since they called it quits. Yeah. But shit is still happening. I know. It's nuts. But, yeah, because they uh, they called it quits two decades ago. But, I mean, fans and the media, they're still heavily invested in the whole Rocky romance well, they had.
1: People have uh, been defending Brittany because she kind of yes, uh, it, yeah. That's so in her true. book and that new court, the latest court case. Yeah, has kind of changed people's minds about her that she wasn't completely batshit crazy. No, and I when I started getting
0: into all the details, I'm I've got to say, and y'all will have to decide for yourselves, but. I'm Team Brittany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, uh, of course, their relationship all started in the early 90s when they were filming Mickey Mouse Club. Yep. Oh my God. So many started there. There have been a bunch, but they were on at the same time. And in 1999, that's kind of when their career started really skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. And that's when they confirmed they were dating. It was all like, oh, these little Mickey Mouse kids (laughs) that grew up. Even though they all gushed about each other all that time from 1999, the relationship ended in early 2002. That's only what, three years? It seemed like it was longer. Yeah. It really does. And for it to still be going on is what's insane. See, the whole thing got really messy. Way back right after the breakup, because Justin released his song, Cry Me a River. Right. And he talked to Barbara Walters in an interview about the relationship. And that's when uh, reports about Britney cheated on Justin in the relationship and all this. And in the Cry Me a River video, it featured a Britney Spears lookalike that recreated their split. Which the recreation definitely made it like Justin was the victim.
1: So he looked like a a good-hearted person.
0: Yeah, yeah, that he was the innocent one. Right. And poor Brittany, it's like she just couldn't get any respect or anything from anyone because uh, she was kind of quiet about everything. There was an interview she did with Diane Sawyer in 2003, and she was just acting like she had really just been saddened by the whole breakup because she loved Justin. And Diane Sawyer even asked her, like, so you cheated on him and all this stuff. And she just never really would say much. Right. She didn't talk about the relationship because it was private. No, exactly. Right. And uh, then it's like in 2013, like 10 years after that whole, the interview even, uh, when he was getting ready to perform Crimea River at a concert, Justin said, Quote, Sometimes in life you think you've found the one, but then one day you find out that she is just some bitch. Whoa. Uh huh. So didn't say, I mean, coming right before the song he wrote about Britney. So he said that at a concert. And of course, people didn't really hold anything against him because they're thinking this poor guy's the victim it's funny because Justin Timberlake would kind of maybe say a little something at one point but then be quiet for a while and then throw a little jab every once in a while but Britney always stayed quiet so in 2021 there was a documentary that came out about Britney called framing Britney Spears Mm -hmm. have you seen it I have oh what'd you think I thought it was awesome. <laughs> yeah? Yeah? Yeah. It's I know, because it's like these recent documentaries really show her side. But right as that documentary was coming out, it's like Justin knew that shit was going to come out about him because he put out a message on Instagram and saying he was sorry about his actions that contributed to the problems with, like, Brittany
1: the whole Janet uh, Jackson thing. Janet Jackson. Yeah. Was ridiculous.
0: Oh, God. He was apologizing for all that he did. Nipple Yeah, <laughs> exactly. With Britney and Janet. It's basically where he was trying to cover his ass because he knew what was going to be coming out. And now we get to 2023. So this shit is still going on because guess what comes out? Britney's memoir, The Woman in Me. And she dropped a bombshell that was speaking about how Justin basically pushed her to have an abortion. Yeah. When she was 19 Uh, She said that he wasn't happy about the pregnancy, and she shared that she did decide to terminate the pregnancy, but it was a lot of – the reason was because Justin wasn't ready to be a father. But if she had it to do over again and it were solely up to her, Mm -hmm. she would have kept the baby. Then uh, Brittany also came out in her memoir saying, guess what? Justin cheated on me also. Mm -hmm. during that time where he was blaming me being the cheater. Now, since that, boy, Justin's ass has been in the fire. I know, it's awesome. It really is. And that's where I was like, damn, I'm Team Brittany. Yep. Justin has been viciously attacked online since this came out. He reportedly fled to Mexico as trolls brand him a cheat. He disabled his comments on his Instagram account. Yep, And then even his wife, who is Jessica Beale, slapped a limit on her Instagram comments as she was getting trolled for staying married to him after the allegations came out. So just shit's going down against him.
1: Right. And on TikTok, it's vicious. Have you seen any of those? Not the TikTok ones. So the TikTok ones that it'll make you laugh so they're going it's like creepy dad every all the younger p- people are saying he's like creepy dad dancing Oh yeah and so um there's a couple videos of him and i don't it looks like it's not a regular concert it looks like it's maybe like some kind of corporate function where they paid him to play oh okay and he's wearing tennis shoes and dockers and an old man button-up shirt Oh, no. Like yeah. a members-only jacket. <laughs> yeah. And he's like trying to do his Justin Timberlake moves. Uh, and people are like, yeah, this is just creepy. This is creepy. Oh. Dad's rubbing his crotch. Oh, God.
0: Ever since then, it's like Justin has to do something to be a dick. It's always when he plays the song Cry Me a River. But he did it in uh February. This year, 2024, when he was performing it at a concert in New York City, and uh, he told the crowd right before the song that he wanted to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely fucking nobody. Man. <laughs> and his comment, of course, made headlines, uh, just like Todd's relationship with Edie. <laughs> and uh, Brittany responded via Instagram. They love Instagram, I can tell. But uh, she responded saying, Someone told me someone was talking shit about me on the streets. Do you want to bring it to the court or will you go home crying to your mom like you did last time? I'm Ouch. Not, I'm not sorry. Oh, so,
1: man. Oh. See, this is a good little juicy drama.
0: Oh, God. Can you imagine it's like Jessica Biel, who's married to Justin, she, she must be fucking irritated with this so bad yep. because it's like, Justin, you need to shut the fuck up. Yep. Put this relationship to an end because it's been so long. And it's like, I can see him sitting at the dinner table, just Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. He's eating like teas <laughs> yeah. and carrots. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ah. And she's like, shut up and eat your meatloaf. Right. And it's, uh, he just, it keeps coming back. But hey, listen. For me, she was quiet for so long. So now you've got it with all this stuff coming out and it's showing how Justin really was during that relationship early on. He wasn't the victim. She's definitely being vindicated for all of that time.
1: I love that. I do, too. I don't think you can be famous without having a little bit of crazy. Yeah, because it, it, <laughs> it, it makes you crazy. It makes you crazy. The industry makes you crazy no matter if you're in movies music whatever yeah you get a little bit of crazy because you're isolated right from everything you have all these your people talk to their people and you're isolated and you get in your head and you get a little cray cray so i mean we saw that with her i mean
0: she oh, was a when child she cut star. her hair and everything. Yeah. She was yeah. a child
1: star who didn't know how to handle the fame, and her parents definitely oh, God. did not empower that's her in any way. a whole other podcast. Yes. There. Yeah. There's a certain part of me that are going. that's going, yeah, fuck that, because I always f- felt like Justin Timberlake was a little bit inauthentic, and you can see it especially when he's doing his little bro stuff with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, God. Who I don't like at all. Yeah. Yeah, they feel like bros, and they'd run around and— do the keg stand and (laughs) uh,
0: they just want to act
1: like college guys forever and they don't want to ask permission oh yeah to touch your boobs yeah they're those guys yep who needs them right yeah i love that i love tiktok (laughs) please keep making fun of justin timberlake oh my god it is fucking hilarious oh
0: yeah and he just needs to shut his fucking mouth but he can't so yep
1: so he gets what he deserves yeah
0: exactly Oh, man. Uh, this might be the most loving, happiest moment of this episode. It is. <laughs> it is a love song. This is a love song to
1: the Lone Star salute. Oh, yeah. Because what says love better than a kazoo? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's a just... pretty, sa- it's like the saxophone for poor people.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very well put. I'd never <laughs> thought
0: of it that way. But yeah, so at this moment of the episode, we talk about one star reviews. Yep. And people that uh, have a negative feeling towards, uh, now, see, we're back to negative right uh, but they have a negative feeling about a concert a band an album a club or maybe it's just sharing yeah oh there you go They're sharing yeah they need to get it off their chest right so but now in this instance though we're kind of putting a little twist the
1: song oh
0: uh there what we did, go what do
1: you have against that song <laughs> Nothing. <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs>
0: but so now in this episode though we're kind of changing it up a little bit to go along with our theme of these horrible relationships. Yes. Valentines? Yep. We're talking about the worst love songs ever done. And I believe uh I you have one and I have one. Right.
1: Well, I screwed up and forgot the <laughs> The thing, so I was going to do a review of the the Texas band, The Toadies. Oh, duh. Can I do that? Yes, please do. And this could be one of the worst love songs ever written. Well,
0: do you want me to do mine first since that that one could be great? Yes, But when I was uh, looking at, you can find uh, many lists of songs that are the worst love songs ever written. And this one I actually remember from when I was a kid. It had to be the Captain and Tenille's muskrat love. Oh, yes. They actually performed this song at a White House dinner in 1976 that was honoring Queen Elizabeth II.
1: And she liked it?
0: I don't know. She couldn't have. But some people were saying that this song was not in good taste to sing to the Queen <laughs> because it had to do with mating muskrats. But when you look at all the different lists of songs that are some of the worst love songs, this is just about on every list. It is. And it's about two muskrats. You got Susie and Sam. And the muskrats uh, in the lyrics, they're nibbling on bacon and cheese. And Sam asks Susie to marry him. Mm-hmm. And that's cute. And it's sweet. Susie says yes. And he begins to. Literally, in the lyrics, tickle her fancy, rubbing her toes, muzzle to muzzle. Now anything goes. Mm -mm. As they wriggle, Sue starts to giggle.
1: (laughs) You know, I don't remember those lyrics as a child. I loved this song as a kid. ah, ah, Isn't that sad? I did, too. And
0: it's like, now I'm fucking embarrassed. I used to watch the Captain and Tennille show talk about a wholesome husband and wife and this isn't a wholesome song so that one is that and uh you've got well one star on the toadies
1: right i'm gonna read a one star of the toadies but i would have to say that probably the worst love song out there is having my baby by paul anka god yes and that is, oh, my God, that's a horrible song. So that I mean, if I was going to write a Lone Star salute, it would be having my baby because that yeah. was a horrible song. That
0: was another one that was on tons of lists. Right. Such yeah. A, it's such a chauvinistic. I list. know. It's just a, <laughs> it's yeah, like it's you're just a tool. Baby. Right. To have
1: my baby. Right. A birthing agent. <laughs> so <laughs> It's such a weird song. God. So I'm going to read a review of the Toadies' Play Rock Music by Audra Schroeder from the Dallas Observer. Ooh, local. Yeah. Okay. So I've edited it a little bit. I edited out the middle part of it. So Audra, if you're listening, I apologize, but just to keep the length of it. (laughs) And here's what Audra says. Recently, I was uh, uh, gently reminded that the Toadies have a new album out called Play Rock Music. I listened to the album a couple of times and tried to wrap my head around it. I waited for something to grab me—a hook, a melody, anything. Instead, I found myself wincing. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to engage in the music. I was underwhelmed. Oh. As a bass critical instinct, I suppose I wanted it to—I wanted to rip it apart as a rock record, play rock music is fairly unimaginative oh ouch yeah <laughs> the toady sound has not really progressed beyond the same razzy guitar riffs and bottom feeding bass lines that informed 1994's rubberneck after a third spin i asked myself this record is awful right <laughs> i went back and listened to play rock music again last night trying to find something, oh anything God. that would sway my line of questioning ah! and make me stumble upon something, some great cosmic truth about the toadies. Huh? I'm still searching.
0: <laughs> That's funny. And disclaimer... We weren't on that record. I wasn't on that
1: record.
0: <laughs> didn't, I have
1: didn't have anything to do with it.
0: Oh, my God. So it makes God. it easy to laugh. Oh, it really does. And I'm
1: having a drink to that. Yeah, Cheers, Audra.
0: Yeah. Cheers, cheers.
1: <laughs> there you mm. go. <laughs>
0: <sighs> yep. She gave it a lot of tries. She did. You can't argue with that. She had some fortitude to keep going. I mean, I would have stopped after one listen. Yep. I would have been like, fuck, yep. nothing grabbed me. I'm out.
1: Yep. But, I was like, "No hooks, goodbye."
0: But man, fourth time and still couldn't find anything. I know, right? Oh, that is that's bad. Yeah, that's a broken heart. Woo! We're to the happy ending, folks. Yeah, through all this darkness, we came
1: to a happy ending. So much happy, so much. Oh, happy. Oh man! And I think today we learned that you can never trust a musician. <laughs> ever <laughs> did anyone really learn that today or isn't that common knowledge if you don't know it you should know that by the end of today and if you don't know it today then <laughs> you know that's on you yeah that's right
0: that's why you gotta kind of be careful of what you just
1: take a word for word don't take it word for word yeah and our lives are always on the edge of being a jackalope tail so beware yes do your homework and never trust a publicist that gets information from me.
0: Yeah. Don't trust a female prob- bass player.
1: Or any other musician. <laughs> most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, look what Justin did. Oh, see? Ooh, yeah. So he kind of created a jackalope tail within the real tale. Oh he really did.
0: Yep. Wow. Fuck
1: that guy. That's deep. Yep. Okay. Good idea, though. Mm hmm. So, thanks for listening, everyone. And please follow the links on our show notes to find us on the, all of the socials.
0: Definitely. Subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and
1: anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please sign our petition to make Willie Nelson's birthday a state holiday. And join us next time as we question Is it real or is it a jackalope tale? Yes. <laughs> Don't
0: believe anything.
1: Except me.